Today's program is proudly brought to you by Whole Foods Market. Visit WholeFoodsMarket.com or download the Whole Foods Market app to learn more and find the store nearest to you. Hey, thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network. This is Katie, HRN Executive Director, and I'm so excited to share with you our coverage from the Charleston Wine and Food Festival. We are here live today at Charleston Wine and Food. Join us as we talk all things food. Come to Charleston, eat some seafood. Eat all of the seafood. Chicken fried chicken with chorizo steak and salsa verde mashed potatoes. So quintessentially like Southern fare at its finest. And have important conversations. We're also talking about professional women in restaurants and how underrepresented they are. People of color in restaurants and how they're not talked about. We get real with Food Network's Manit Chohan. Balance is BS. <laughs> uh, I, I, I was, yeah, I was told that uh, I wasn't going to be bleeped out. And find out about raising sugarcane with Chef Sean Brock. It's like being Indiana Jones or something. You never know what you're going to find. You'll come away inspired by the power of food and the food scene in Charleston. Here's Dr. Jessica B. Harris. Food is constantly in flux. Food is always moving. Food is the only real lingua franca that we have that allows us to connect with other folks. So tune in to Heritage Radio Network on tour at heritageradionetwork.org or wherever you get your podcasts. You can't go wrong. Listening to Eat Your Words on Heritage Radio Network. It's a gorgeous Sunday in spring here in Brooklyn. And um, this is the time of the year that you might switch over to rosé or beer instead of more hard liquor cocktails. But I have a book right now that will definitely convince you otherwise. Full of fresh flavors, juices, uh, spices, um, more things, herbs that, that you didn't even think of putting in cocktails. Um, and it is called One Bottle Cocktails. More than 80 recipes with fresh ingredients and single spirit. Super easy stuff. And it's by none other than Maggie Hoffman, who's on the line right now from San Francisco. Hi, Maggie. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, congrats on this book. You are the drinks guru. You... Um, you started the drink section of Serious Eats back in 2011. Um, you've been an editor there. You had been an editor there for a long time. And now you write about beverages for wine enthusiastics, San Francisco Chronicle, um, Sever, Food and Wine, and many others. So uh, this is your thing, booze. <laughs> this is your first book, fittingly. Yeah. yeah. So, so you've written sort of the wave of um, a cocktail or classic cocktail, I should say, um, movement or revival. So tell us a little bit about, you know, what's changed since you first started writing about drinks and, and today. Are people just more into them? Or is it more, are people more educated? or do? Yes, yeah. I think they are both more educated and more excited, but also more tired. You know, I think... <laughs> When this all first started, started getting really exciting, those first bars were serving the best version of classic cocktails ever and digging up, digging up classics that right. 
had disappeared, and that was so exciting. And there are still bars that focus on that. But nowadays, there are great cocktails everywhere. There are great cocktails in restaurants, and there are great cocktails in bars in every city. And if you're a person who wants to make a drink at home, you might ask, oh, how can I make this one at home? Mm-hmm. And-, and the answer is usually like 50 things. You know, <laughs> you're you're finding this special liqueur and there's this special vermouth and we made this special uh, infusion and there's these pictures and these bitters. And pretty soon when you're talking about recreating a drink from a bar, you might have spent a hundred dollars on the ingredients. And that, I think over the years I've found that my readers are really sensitive to that. And I'm really sensitive to that, that, you know, if you want to make a drink at home, there's only so much investment that makes sense. Right. Right. And because, you know, bars, mixologists have different, you know, aims. They're, they're making so many drinks. They have all these elixirs lined up and, you know, totally different things. Right, and they have the benefit that they're making that drink a hundred times. Mm-hmm. So they can add some, you know, guava liqueur. But if you're at home, it might make more sense to pick up guava nectar that, you know, is available. It's actually pretty high quality these days. And then mix that up with, you know, carrot juice and something else and get this really beautiful, fresh, bright cocktail with fresh lime juice, you know, where it doesn't make sense for you to buy a $35 bottle of guava liqueur. Right. So let's talk about some of the essentials. What, what, if anything, does a person need to have in their liquor cabinet? You know, I really, I love a cute bar cart. You know, I'm totally yeah. into that uh-huh. or a bar cabinet. But uh-huh. the truth is, I don't think people should go out and buy 12 bottles. I think that the answer is to find a drink you want to make and get the supplies for that drink. And if you're starting with the one-bottle cocktail, you can make, you know, the, in each chapter, there's eight or ten drinks that use just one spirit. So if you're going to make gin drinks, you know, you can start on the first page of the gin chapter and make this drink with strawberries mm. um, that has black pepper and a teaspoon of um, Greek yogurt, which is really bright and tart and not thick at all. It's just really I'm fresh. on that page right now. And Slippery when wet? You can That's, make... Okay. Yeah. Is it slippery when wet? That's a cocktail? Yeah. Cool. The slippery when wet is that it's really fun with a little bit of Greek yogurt. And that's um, from Shannon T. Bay Seidel, who's this great New York bartender. And then you can make a drink with tarragon and green grapes. Mm. And then you can make a drink with fresh blueberries. And you can make a drink with fennel and arugula. And that you're just getting started. And so investing in a whole bunch of stuff doesn't make sense. when you, If you love gin, here are 10 drinks. Yeah. And then when you get to the end of the chapter, there are more drinks where you can take the main spirit from one of the other mm-hmm. drinks in the book and mm-hmm. swap it out for right. gin. So you should get to the bottle, the bottom of that bottle of gin pretty quickly. Mm. So maybe what I should have in my pantry is a juicer <laughs> that I can mm-hmm. make my... A juicer comes in handy, though. Okay. I usually just use um, one of those squeeze... Um, what are citrus, they called? You know, a hand, a hand juicer, which those cost about 20 bucks. Yeah. Um, cool. And, you know, I think the other ingredients, the other ingredients that come up really often in this book 
are um, tea, different kinds of tea, mm. like white tea and green tea and Earl Grey tea, and that's really handy. And then things like honey and different kinds of sugar, like um, turbinado sugar, which is like sugar in the right. raw, or demerara sugar, which mm-hmm. is just really rich, flavorful sugar. Those come in handy. And pepper and things that you mm-hmm. might already have but never thought to put in your cocktails. Um, the idea of this book was that maybe you're going to have to go on a grocery run, but most people have to go on a grocery run once a week or so anyway. Right. You, and you use, um, you know, a little bit of jalap- fresh jalapeno maybe, or there's even one with like fresh green pepper. And then you have those, those ingredients to make in your tacos or something anyway. Exactly. Your salad. Yeah. Totally. I'm seeing more and more vegetables in this book. I never thought I'd see that before in cocktails, but you know, there's there's stuff like uh, the peppers I mentioned. All you know, uh, what was it? The other one that was I there's a green bell pepper one. Mm-hmm. There's a red bell pepper one. There's a drink with celery, arugula, there's fennel, and arugula. Yeah. So the bartenders who contributed recipes to this book got really creative thinking about how to make drinks that had all of the essential characteristics of a mm-hmm. modern contemporary cocktail. So bitter. So it's and not so. just spiked juice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're thinking about how do you balance sweetness with savoriness? How do you balance the bitter character you know, with sweetness? And so a lot of vegetables came in, and they're so great for adding that sort of mysterious, complex, flavor um that's you know delightful uh there's so many more cocktails i want to talk about in this because as you mentioned you went around the country to talk to and you know feature all these great mixologists and awesome bars drinks um but let's cut to a quick little commercial interlude and we'll be right back chatting more Today's program is brought to you by Whole Foods Market. From papayas and samosas to reishi mushrooms, if it's something that sounds delicious, chances are you'll find the freshest, best version of it at Whole Foods Market. They have more than 400 stores across the country, so if you consider pizza its own food group or just can't imagine when avocado toast wasn't a thing, Whole Foods Market has you covered. Visit WholeFoodsMarket.com to find a store near you. Whole Foods Market. Whatever makes you whole. All right, we're back chatting with Maggie Hoffman. She is the author of One Bottle Cocktails, just coming out right now from 10 Speed. And um, so this book is actually a compilation of all these different contributors um, for, who are mixologists or bartenders and um, their, their awesome recipes. So was this like sort of best of? How did you curate this list or this you collection? You know, I had met... So many amazing bartenders working for Serious Eats and writing about cocktails for different websites. And uh, so a lot of them I just sort of started talking to. And pretty soon I realized that a lot of bartenders aren't sitting around on a computer all day. Mm -hmm. They're not answering their emails. So when I got excited about a bar, I'd contact that bartender often on Facebook Mm. and say, this is the project that I'm working on. And sometimes they would get really excited and sometimes they'd say sort of, 
screw you, those aren't real cocktails. Oh. The ones who got really excited would often then send me Facebook messages from the grocery store and say, hey, what do you think about radicchio? Oh. Or what do you think about making a drink with almond milk? And so that was a really fun uh, fun way to collaborate. And oh. these people were so generous with their time. Um, this book obviously couldn't have happened without them. And they came up with wonderful things. So I, I contacted probably about a 1,000 bartenders. Oh and ended up testing about 300 recipes. And then these were the ones that were just so exciting, so interesting. Um, and some of them, they're a little bit DIY, um, mm-hmm. and some of them are super simple. Um, but they're all just really fabulous flavors. Mm. So that is how 300 got yeah. cut to 83. <laughs> and uh, then they all went in the book. Amazing. And no doubt, like, you've traveled to many of these places, too, writing for publications, um, you know, plenty are in San Francisco. Uh, and you had to recipe test these 80 or so and then more that were cut. So I'm wondering, how do you, um, how do you stay sober and sane? <laughs> <laughs> you know, add, add in that I also have a young child. Uh-huh. So in fact, it's, you know, it's the balancing and planning ahead okay. that I would need to plan my meals and my drink testing in advance and sort of know, like, okay, this is the plan for the week. I'm going to get all of these ingredients at once. This is going to be our easy night. This is going to be, you know, I'm going to cook this and eat it for two days or whatever it is. You know, I think all of that is all put together. And, you know, maybe this is less true for men or maybe you can't make that generalization. But since I'm working at home Mm -hmm. and I am the primary cook in our family, I feel like I sort of have to combine all of my work and all of the things that I'm doing for our family sort of into one Uh-oh. big eight-hour day. <laughs> I know. When you said that, I'm just like, huh, cocktails at dinner table every night. I'm just kidding. But um, <laughs> that's, that's we quite will a... often. I do think that the cocktail hour is something that is really lovely to reclaim when you have young children. Mm-hmm. And so in our house, it's often that I have prepped something that I know I'm going to write about. And then, you know, if my husband gets home, we can share a drink together and, you know, have dinner together. And that just sort of like is a wonderful calm moment for the rest of the day. Um, Usually when I'm testing cocktails in the morning or whatever, I spit just like wine reviewers. Right. Okay. Because I know that, excuse me, there's a lot of, you know, photo shoots that happen during the day. All these cocktails are probably sitting around in ice. (laughs) What do you do with that? It's just like, you know, (laughs) if you work in an ice cream shop, pretty Mm. soon you don't want to eat ice cream. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) It's a little bit like that. I will often at a restaurant order a beer if I'm not working on a beer story. Right now I'm writing a bunch of wine stories for Sunset Magazine, Uh so I'm tasting a lot of wine during the day. The end of the day, like a Pilsner sounds great. (laughs) That's so funny. Uh, Or milk, (laughs) maybe. (laughs) Water. Yeah. Um, I love this. Um, I love one of the unexpected um, recipes that I think sounds really good uh, that you incorporate is uh, apple butter. Um, mm-hmm. You're right. It's a great shortcut to like a more intensely flavored or robustly flavored drink because, you know, that that concentrate really goes a long way. Um, it's called Absolutely. Newton's Law. Tell me about this drink. It's from Zach Lynch, bar manager yeah. of the Ice Plant in St. Augustine, Florida. 
Well, it's just really clever to think about how are you going to pack like really robust flavors into a drink that doesn't have a liqueur. Mm-hmm. And so he uses brown sugar, dark brown sugar, and makes a quick simple syrup, which is, you know, just if you can make tea, uh, you can make simple syrup. But this one, you're really just dissolving that brown sugar into hot water. Uh-huh. And then you add bourbon and fresh lemon and apple butter, and you shake it up so that the apple butter really gets emulsified. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's all. It just has an orange twist and a little cinnamon on top, and it's super delicious yeah. and perfect for fall. I can totally see how that would taste like a lot of um, bourbon cocktails that have all these intricate liqueurs, and but in mm-hmm. a really simple way and uh, and healthful way. Is, is part of your goal in this book to be sort of a little bit more healthy, given all these fresh fruits? <laughs> <laughs> You're laughing. I mean, cocktails are not good for you. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I do feel like it's one of the benefits of making drinks at home mm-hmm. is that you have all these fresh ingredients. You know, at a bar, like they're going to, ha- if they had to order all that produce, it'd be a little more complicated. Um, so I think it's just a way that you actually have an advantage when you're at home. Mm. Okay. I'm going to do a, a, like a sort of a fast quiz style, uh, get the expert's opinion on what drink to make for what occasion. Mm. Um, Picnic, where you can have to bring like a big jug of, you know, a cocktail that's already mixed up. My favorite is the Passport to Chile, which is um, a big pitcher and it has fresh grapefruit juice and lime juice and honey. Mm. And then it was designed to be made with Pisco, which is lovely floral. Um, It's a type of grape brandy that's made Uh in Peru and Chile. Um, But you can also sub tequila if you can't find Love it. So tequila and uh, fresh flavors. Love it. What's that called again? That's the Passport to Chile. I love the names. Sorry. I just, they're so much fun. Um, okay. So another occasion, baby shower, where you have to make one bun- one batch that's non-alcoholic and one batch that is. Ooh, that's a tricky one. You know, I'm working on a second book now. I'm not sure if I told you that. Yay, congrats. That is um, all drinks to make in pitchers. Oh, Because I think that is an occasion that comes yeah. up really often that you don't want to shake drinks I've to order. I've done that, yeah. Um, and so, people... and in fact, it has a really large non-alcoholic um, chapter. Oh, cool. So that's coming next okay. year. Um, look forward <laughs> to. There are a bunch of punches, um, mm-hmm. and, you know, many of them would probably work non-alcoholic. I haven't tested them all non-alcoholic, but one that is definitely a winner is the Bourbon in Black, which is um, mm-hmm. Lynette Marrero, who's one of the founders of Speedrack, which is this great um, bartending competition for women that raises money for breast cancer research. Awesome. She sent in a drink where you make a blackberry shrub. So blackberries preserved in vinegar. It's really delicious and, and um, complex in flavor. So she makes this blackberry shrub, and it has a little bit of honey in it. It's really tart. Um, and then she sweetens the drink with honey, and normally you would thin honey out with hot water just so that it can stir well into the punch. Mm-hmm. And so instead of just using hot water, she puts either lavender tea or just dried lavender, which you can get in the spice mm. aisle, just like Smart. when you're buying baking spices. Yeah. So she makes the lavender tea, and that's what is loosening the honey. Cool. So you could batch that part and combine it with club soda, and that's your non-alcoholic version. 
And then for the alcoholic version, um, it's great with bourbon, and it also works really well with aged rum. Mm, blackberry, lavender, and bourbon. Sounds perfect for, you know, if it's <laughs> it's a boy, because it'll be bluish colored, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> okay, that was really corny. Um, or purple. Or purple, so it's both. Um so it's but it's nice because it's not too sweet mm-hmm. um, and has that little floral element, but it's not over the top. Hmm, that sounds really yummy. Um, okay, one last one last quiz question. Uh, beach weekend, say you're eating lobsters and clams and seafood galore. Mm, that sounds fun. Can I do that? Yes, it's. I mean, <laughs> summer's coming up, right? It's gonna happen. Yeah. So one of my favorites is so easy that it doesn't even make sense to make a picture because you just make it in the glass. Cool. Um, it's a drink from Souther Teague, who's the um, beverage director at Amori Amargo in New York. Mm-hmm. And he's known for making sort of amazing, bitter, complicated drinks. They actually yeah. don't use citrus at their bar. Wow. Um, but for me, he sent over this great recipe that where you just take a Collins glass and you add tequila and aloe vera juice, which you can buy at Whole Foods or anywhere like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the brand Aloe Exposed, which is, is sweetened with honey. But I've used a bunch of different brands. And in fact, we've like made this just like in that uh, vacation situation. So yeah. you pour in aloe vera and tequila into a Collins glass. And then you squeeze, you add lime juice and you take the squeezed lime shell and you put that in your glass. And what that does is it adds sort of the complex, um, the oils from the, from the peel of the lime add like a little bit of bitterness Mm -hmm. to counter the sweetness of the aloe vera. So you just stir that all together, um, and you add club soda and ice and it's so refreshing. Nice. That's a really good compliment. Sounds like, and, uh, for those who weren't taking notes though, um, I really hope that you get your hands on this book. It is a it's a delightfully simple look at cocktails, and it's super refreshing. Um, so that's about all the time we have for today. But thank you so much, Maggie, for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. All right. Thanks, everyone at Heritage. We'll see you next week on Eager Words. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please... Join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.